0: everyone and welcome to screams after midnight i am peter that is tim and this is a horror movie podcast this episode we are going to be talking about tales from the hood which is a patreon winner every month at patreon.com slash tv our patrons five dollars and up will vote between four films and this was the winner uh, of the july vote? no the june vote yes yeah because we're, we're we're right at the start of August because we were a little bit late in recording this one, but it was the it was the June vote. It was the June vote. I don't remember, I don't remember. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's what I vote. Uh, the theme of the vote was uh, all films were prominent black films. They're all they're all either uh, directed by black directors or focused primarily on black characters. Um, and that was kind of the the theme. Uh, partly, you know, it was kind of in a response to what was going on in the world. Uh, I mean, it still is, but you know, it was heavily you know all over the news in, in the month of June. So. Um, we thought we'd sort of you know put a bit of a spotlight on black creators, and we put up the vote. Uh, Tales from the Hood was the one that that was victorious. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's an anthology film that came out in nineteen ninety five, which I had never seen before. You had though, right? You'd seen this already.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's, um. I, I'll. <laughs> I mean, I'll spoil how I feel about it, but I. Uh, this is actually a a movie. It's a uh, kind of beloved <laughs> by me. I, uh, uh I, love yeah. It. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I saw it when I was pretty young, uh, obviously didn't go to theaters cause I would have been nine, I, I think when <laughs> this came out. Um, but yeah, this was like one that I definitely remember renting and just, uh, watching the crap out of. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel like in the last couple of years I've gone ahead and, you know, revisited a few times and, uh, actually think it's a pretty fun movie. Okay.
0: Like uh, usually, I'll ask him how he feels about the movie uh, in a minute, but clearly he's already jumped the gun there. I'd never seen this though, so this was the first time for me. Uh, so it was it was nice to sort of give it a try, and I'd actually heard the the director talk about it quite a bit, bizarrely. Uh, so I'd, I'd sort of heard a little bit about it, but not uh, never ever actually having watched it. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's an anthology movie. It's got four stories and a wraparound, so we'll, we'll obviously talk about them individually. It does make it kind of hard to have a spoiler-free section though, when you have an anthology, because you can't really, you know, other than just the broadly, did you like it or not, it's hard to talk <coughs> about each thing without sure. uh, getting into it. So there's probably not going to be much of a spoiler-free section. Uh, before we start though, I'll just uh, say, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button. Uh, if you like the show, you, you want more screams after midnight, it's the easiest, and it's nice and free and cheap, and you can just, you know, hit the like button and... Uh, supports us because youtube will uh, put us in front of more eyeballs and uh, we can grow so uh thank you <laughs> and kindly Um uh, so tales from the hood um so yeah brief spoiler free uh i like the movie I, I i think i wasn't sure what to expect going into it I, I, anthology is just so up and down with me because usually <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll get like, maybe if you're lucky the one great story maybe a couple of decent ones and then there's usually the, at least one that'll suck and Sometimes that ratio is less kind or yeah. <laughs> more kind, and um, I don't um, think there was any of the f- stories in this one that I disliked. Um, obviously I like some more than others. That's that's yeah. for sure. But
1: I, yeah, I, I think they're all pretty memorable. the The one I'm not crazy about is like the very last one, um, which I I think starts off with kind of an interesting idea, but then I, I think uh, by the end I'm just not like um not as super into it. But uh. Yeah. Otherwise, though, I think like the the other ones are all uh, yeah like pretty good and uh, and you know they're all pretty different and um, yeah I think it's like a cool idea for an anthology and I like that uh, you get to see like lots of different you know perspectives because it's like tales from the hood but it's uh, you know deals like with like a lot of different things and um, you know it's funny because it feels like it was kind of relevant in '95 and (laughs) you'd think like all right but Hopefully a lot of this stuff would be, like, a, a thing of the past, but, I mean, like, just watching it in 2020... It's... Yeah, the the, the <laughs> first
0: proper story, when it started going, I couldn't believe just how relevant it was, given what's been going on in the news in the past couple of months. It was it was kind of, like, <clears throat> oh, I, I can't even say shocking anymore, because at this point, it's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not learning about it anymore, but it, it definitely was like, oh, okay, right, this is addressing <laughs> something that we're still talking about right now. So, um... Yeah, it's kind of like I remember being disappointed with uh, that uh, anthology film from, like, 2016, maybe 2017, uh, The XX, which was oh yeah, yeah, the anthology that was all women directors. And the reason why I was disappointed with that, not not just because I thought the quality was a bit, you know, mostly a miss more than a hit. It was more because I felt that most of the stories didn't necessarily... Because I, I thought the whole point of that anthology was that, okay, it's all these horror stories from a woman perspective. It's all these mm. stories that come from the perspective of, of what women go through. And, and I felt like it kind of missed the mark in that, where I felt like most of them, like, I don't know, anyone could have directed most of these. This, on the other yeah. hand, all of the stories, at least most of them, feel that like they are distinctly from a black perspective. It's, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, when we talked about Get Out, when that came out, it was like, you know, this had to come from this perspective. This couldn't have come from anywhere else. Yeah. And this film is very much that as well, where most of the stories are all very much about uh the experience in different places in different situations but it's all different kind of parts of that and it forms a whole it's very political at poignant point in places because uh, i think there are elements of this movie that are quite goofy there's definitely some mm. schlocky fun you know we're just going to have a ball yeah. with some fun monster movie
1: tales from the crypt type the, type vibes y- yeah it feels very tales from the crypt uh which uh it, in a good way though like you know a lot of times <clears throat> when um you know we're doing the show i think like especially towards the later seasons there was a lot of episodes that we would just kind of talk about like oh like this doesn't really feel like what i expect from tales from the crypt and like a lot of these stories i feel like um kind of give me that feeling that you would expect from that where it's like yeah they kind of like you know uh have like, you know, like some like really nasty people in it, but then they get these kind of like, you know, just desserts, uh, you know, sometimes kinda ironic endings and stuff, uh that you know, and but it it does also a little bit of cheesiness and over the topness, uh sometimes but I mean it's
0: not a surprising the mm-hmm. movie's inspired by just from the Crypt because it's called Tales from the Hood even the title is yeah. <laughs> kind of poking at yeah. it, saying, Hey, this is a, a take on that format. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, and even you know, who's a, who who tells the stories and tells from the crypt, the crypt keeper, the 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 wrap around in this is a, is an undertaker, you know, yeah. like <laughs> which isn't that different from a crypt keeper, right? It's it's kind of in the same ballpark. So uh, there's definitely a, a lot of parallels to be drawn there. But uh, so I think I'll just give the spoiler warning just now, uh, because we have to talk about the stories kind of one by one, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get through it. So the the wrap around, which is called "Welcome to My Mortuary." Is about three gang members who who are going to this mortuary because the <laughs> the Undertaker has informed them that he found a lot of drugs and he wants to sell them. So mm-hmm. they show up wanting t- to buy them and they, they come in and he very quickly, he, he talks in a very kind of like mysterious way. He's kind of over the top and dramatic mm-hmm. and there's like an open casket sort of sitting in this, this, this room. By the way, this is one of the biggest uh, like... Like mortuaries I've ever seen, in the sense that there's like <laughs> mo- there's like multiple funeral rooms for like, and they're all set up. I was like, wait, how many funerals do you have going at the same time here? Like, <laughs> like, what's going on? Which, and I'm kind of joking here when I say this. I'm not actually being serious because obviously by the end of the movie, it's very clear that this isn't necessarily that real a place. It's it's kind of you know yeah. otherworldly, perhaps. You know,
1: I you know when I, when I first moved to uh, Los Angeles, I actually went on a job interview for a uh, <clears throat> uh, like mortuary <laughs> service. Doing what? uh, (laughs) Well, like, I don't know. It was kind of, it ended up not being what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, someone that worked at the, like, cemetery or mortuary or whatever. And, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, you know, like, helping families, like, you know, uh, like, plan and arrange funerals or something. But actually, what the interview ended up being about is, like, they wanted you to go door to door trying to, like, sell people coffins. (laughs) <laughs> Which is just like I was like I don't want to do this And like and it's like very like kind of gross too because they were like you know kind of like trying to you know like they, they don't they can't necessarily like say stuff but you can tell they're trying to hint at like yeah maybe go into neighborhoods with uh, maybe a, a bigger older population where <laughs> you know people might. And it's like, I don't want to, like, prey on some, like, old person and, like, get them to buy some deluxe, like, casket or something, but... <laughs> I do that, that was an interesting experience. As
0: someone who's watching through uh, Six Feet Under for Patreon right now, this is uh, <laughs> uh, all very amusing to hear, um... <coughs> So, basically, you know, the, the, the dead body is kind of the story that he it tells. It's like, oh, you wait here, but what happened to this person? All right. So that that kind of sets us into our first story, and that, yeah. that's, that's that's a wraparound. And that's kind of each of the segments in between the stories is basically them getting to another dead body, or in one case, a doll. Uh, and so I think
1: of... it's, that's a fun framing uh, device for it. Like, I like, yeah, you have this Crypt Keeper-like person, but like, yeah, instead of, yeah, taking out a book or something it's, it's, it's a it's dead very, body
0: <laughs> it's very similar actually in a weird way to uh body bags which was the carpenter one. Oh you sure know, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not, he didn't direct well he directed one of the stories but he he was the the host he was the one in the yeah. <laughs> in the morgue kind of and he was he, he used dead bodies and like hey what happened to this poor soul he, yeah. he pulled him out the drawer and that would be like what set him off on his story it's kind of reminiscent of that but with a, a lot more mm-hmm. Well, even this, this has a lot more character because John Carpenter's mortician in that, from what I recall, was also very cookie and over-the-top. So, oh, yeah. But uh, certainly his own, this is its own brand of cookiness, uh, this character. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first story is called Rogue Cop Revelation, and it is about police brutality. Uh, we have three white cops who are abusing this uh, black politician who has been particularly outspoken against corruption in the police force and wants to kind of uh, wean them out and this young rookie black cop who's kind of with one of the white cops uh is kind of like made to go and like check a license plate will they beat him up and he's kind of witnesses some of it but not all of it and he tries to sort of stick up for him and defend him but ultimately uh his partner drags him away as the two other white cops take him out somewhere and kill him and try and make it look like a sort of dodgy drug-related suicide um and the story is really about how a year later the spirit of this 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 person who was killed sort of haunts the young black cop who didn't do anything or he felt he didn't do enough you know because obviously he sees in the paper the next day or two days later you know Mm -hmm. body found and he obviously he suspects who's behind this the spirit basically tells him bring them to me bring them to me so the the stories him convincing the three cops to meet him at the graveyard and they're all kind of like you know really skeptical of him they're not really trusting Mm -hmm. him they're, and they're, the whole time they're doing that, like faking being nice, even though they clearly, yeah. you know, are looking down on them. And he takes them to the the, the 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 grave of this of this politician. And the the particularly vile cop. I mean, they're all vile, but there's one that's particularly kind of like the ringleader. Uh, mm-hmm. He like insists upon pissing on the grave uh, to upset <laughs> him, and then he makes like, the other uh, sort of the lesser of the three sort of do it. And that's when you know we go feel supernatural i mean obviously there's mm. kind of bit of spirit talking to him but that's where we go feel supernatural where the zombie hand comes out of the grave and like sucks <laughs> him in uh i mean i say sucks he grabs his crotch and pulls him yeah. in to the to the grave and then the coffin comes you know out of the ground with the dead mm. cop kind of in it and the other two obviously go on the run and are terrified and we get a bit of a police or police just a car chase uh yeah. <laughs> You know, we're the one cop so oh, we need to call this in and get it back i said like, oh what are we going to say that the civilian we killed is like after yeah. us <laughs> uh the, the 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 asshole cop i mean they're all again they're all assholes but the one who's like the most asshole he gets beheaded uh <laughs> he gets pulled up through the top of the car and beheaded and then the sort of the the main cop the partner of the black cop he he essentially gets uh nailed to a painted cross and a mural because uh, there's a big mural. It's, it's like a, a dedication to this politician. Mm-hmm. Someone's painted of his face. Very, almost like Candyman, actually. All, all the paintings in yeah. Candyman, yeah. very similar mm-hmm. kind of style. Uh, but there's a cross at the bottom of it, and the the ghost of the politician uses mm-hmm. uh, like used needles, like syringes mm-hmm. from a like, canalway <laughs> full of like people taking drugs, and like you know nails them to this cross. And then there's this really mm-hmm. cool effect where it goes sort of like uh, like. It's like stop motion plasticine, but it turns into the painting, and then he's yeah. like painting on the mural, so he's now part of the painting. It's a cool yeah. effect. It was kind of funky and fun. Yeah. Uh, honestly, all all these needles flying at him though was particularly <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so your thoughts on Rogue Cop Revolution? Revelation, uh, sorry, not revolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like this one a lot. It's a like you know, it's a pretty classic um, like revenge uh, kind of story. Uh, again, it does feel very. Like tales from the crypt, EC Comics kind of thing where yeah, someone is uh, unjustly killed and then returns from the grave, <clears throat> but uh, it's handled very well. And then, um, it, yeah, it's uh maybe like a little you know <laughs> tough watching it now with obviously the real life implications uh with with everything that's been going on the last couple of months. Um, so it, you know it is funny that it still feels, like, so <laughs> timely and Well, relevant. I think that's
0: the point, though. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be hard to watch even at the time. I, sure. I think, you know, they were clearly trying to, you know, it's, it's like here yeah, this is supposed to be, like, a story based on actual experiences, so yeah. I, I don't think it was ever meant to be taken as, like, just a just a premise. Just, you know, just mm-hmm. a, a premise for revenge. It was always meant to be a statement.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I really like uh, about this movie too is, like, I, I think it could be very easy to um you know like just make like all the characters like very stock like um yeah you have the like overly you know racist evil white person and then you know like the you know like the in, like innocent black person and stuff but i like that they do like make interesting choices where it's like oh yeah there's also like this black cop and like yeah how how would they um you know fit in with this and uh and like you know obviously he's you know not <laughs> like you know uh, a piece of shit like you know these other white cops and stuff but i think it's an interesting perspective to see like how yeah like that would uh, affect him and like you know this person that's on the other side of the the law and stuff and
0: well the the, the ghost still kills him the the ghost kills him at the end that's the end of the story (laughs) is that the ghost kills the the black Mm -hmm. cop as well uh it's not as vicious or like over the top or anything but Mm -hmm. like no like he's killed for what he did and uh it's, it's his body that's in the you know it's in the the the, the cemetery the 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 mortuary
1: mortuary. (laughs) and then uh, i i just like though that that like um and especially throughout the other stories like you know we'll see where um like uh you know skipping ahead a little bit but you know the one with the doll like i i like that you have that like you know overly evil like racist uh politician guy but there's also like a black man that's working for him and, and i just like the idea of like yeah, looking at kind of these different oh, actually, perspectives just, and like shades d- of.
0: Just to slightly correct myself, he, he doesn't actually kill him. He we see him in a mental asylum afterwards. He's blamed for the killings of the cops. And oh sure, sure. He, so he, obviously, <clears throat> I, I I thought that because obviously he's lying in the mortuary, but obviously he just eventually died in the mental hospital.
1: Oh, yeah, he yeah. It's like he's obviously more innocent. Like he's not like you know cor- as like he's not corrupt like these other cops. But it's also like yeah, he he didn't do like he didn't like really like he tra- kind of st- stood up for him like on that day so that they didn't like beat him like or kill him right in front of him but like also you know he didn't do much afterwards to kind of like bring the story to light or you know stand up for him or, or that kind of thing yeah and yeah and so then, as much you know, as
0: as much as the ghost doesn't kill him outright he, do, he, he does kind of he confronts him about it like you know yeah after after the other three are dead he does sort of say you know why didn't you you know you didn't do enough or, or something to that effect and uh yeah. it's you know, it's this. Uh, again, it's 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 a it's it's a story that's got that goofy tales from the crypt revenge vibe mm-hmm. to it, but it does set it into this context of real world elements of this real political thing. So, yeah. and the, the yeah, the the movie's not interested in pulling punches; it's constantly doing stuff. We will see mm-hmm. that when we get to the last story, which is a especially kind of hard mm-hmm. hitting with what it does. Um. Mm-hmm. So no, uh, I think that's. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting take on it.
1: Yeah. And then uh, if, if there is like maybe one. um, I don't, I don't know if I want to say complaint because it's like kind of a complaint, but also kind of like I, th- I think adds to the charm a little bit is that, um, you know, there's some good like practical effects in here, but um, <laughs> there is some also pretty like dodgy CGI stuff, um, which, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of a complaint. But I, I do feel like for these kind of movies, it does like. Uh, It is kind of charming in a way because it does feel like so Mm -hmm. '90s, and uh, you know, especially like with a anthology that you know at times can have a bit of an over-the-top cheesy vibe. You know, I I guess it kind of works. But
0: yeah, one of the moments that stuck out to me uh, with that is when he's just when the ghost has just beheaded the one of the cops, Mm -hmm. and the last one gets out and he starts like shooting at the car as the ghost is standing on top of the on top of the cop car. Mm -hmm. Uh, The entire car explodes right, and uh, Mm yeah. The, the the ghost is sort of there burst he's, he's on fire and you sort of see him fall over. It's pretty, it's, you know, it's it's a pretty good shot actually. Uh, yeah but what stuck out to me bizarrely is the muzzle flashes on the gun the cop was shooting looked kinda of odd to me. Mm. It, it it looked it almost looked like a flame was like rather than like a <laughs> flash, it looked like a flame was kind of like flickering. Uh, yeah. and I and I'm not sure exactly why or what which reminds me actually one of one of my favourite things is that the uh, the mort the mortician uh, in the opening when he lights his cigar, for some reason, when he when he when he flicks his lighter on, the sound effect sounds like a furnace
1: lighting. It's, it sounds like a big flame rather than like a you know a lighter. It, anyway, uh, I guess that might make sense given what happens like by the end of that. It does actually, run, sorry, yeah. But... It, it does actually make sense. Within <laughs> it's the cool end. Though.
0: But end but it, it was just a little thing that I enjoyed in the the sound design, even without the context, it was funny to me. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that's the first story um so that's well that one's pretty solid i think uh, the second story is boys do get bruised and it's about a kid named moller uh they notably don't show the the body in the coffin uh, when they start talking mm-hmm. about this story but it's about a kid who it's pretty clear at the start because even though it's like it shows the kid in his, his bedroom and he's kind of scared you kind of get the vibe that this is going to be dealing with like a sort of uh you know child abuse mm-hmm. type of story and when he starts having bruises and the teacher notices it, uh, he starts asking him questions. You, you know, It's definitely going to do that vibe. And he talks about this as a monster. And obviously, it's a horror movie, so like, you know, is there like a literal monster. But I mean, he is getting bruises and black eyes. It's kind of, you know, it's just, <laughs> like, it's kind of hinting. And But at one point, he says that his dad's dead, which I think is technically true. Obviously, his mom's got a, a new boyfriend. Eventually, we meet in the story when the teacher goes to the house to kind of talk to his mom about, you know, all, all the injuries that he's getting. And all the monsters that he's drawing, and and what's going on, and eventually this this boyfriend or whoever, you know, this this surrogate father figure that he's got comes home, and immediately he's upset that someone's there. He you know hits the mum <laughs> as soon as the teacher's left. He goes up to hit the the kid. You know he's he's upset at Walter. Like, you drew me as a monster, and he's like picking him up and all that.
1: Yeah, the uh yeah, like, it's important to note that the yeah the kid likes to draw a lot, so we see him yeah like constantly yeah. drawing throughout.
0: Yeah, so then he draws monsters, and this is the monster that hurts me, and, you know, that's he's referring to the stepdad or whoever he is. Um, So the teacher comes back in, and you know he tries to, like, defend him because he hears, you know, screaming or whatever, and he comes in, and he's kind of fighting with the stepdad. And, you know, at this point, because he, he, he whacks, you know, the mum in the face, like, she's got this bloody face by this point. Yeah. um, And she's clearly scared of this boyfriend uh, completely. And, you know she was even to the point where she was really flirty with the teacher before he came back. Um, maybe out, out of almost survival, he wanted to try and like form a bond so that she had like mm-hmm. a like a, a place to go kind like of out, like somewhere to mm-hmm. to escape to. Uh, but the big the supernatural element in this one, because because at this point you're thinking there might not be one because well this mm-hmm. is just a real horror story about an awful abusive guy. Um, but the supernatural twist, which is very Tales from the Crypt, is that uh walter has a drawing of his monster and he starts folding the paper and when he folds the like the part where the the monster's arm is we get this great practical effect of of the <laughs> of the stepdad's arm just folding back the way and yeah. breaking <laughs> and then he does it to his leg and we see the leg sort of snap back the way and it becomes just this this, this you know comically grotesque kind of sequence of him folding and scrunching the paper in various ways and as it happens, we eventually see the stepdad in this like sort of like really contorted like pile of mush almost.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the the mum's kind of like, how do we explain this? Because I was thinking that as well. Like, how are you going to explain this to any, any authorities? <laughs> and the teacher's like, ah, we don't have to explain anything. And he gets uh, Walter to like just burn the paper. So yeah. th- so we yeah. see that the 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 step whatever's left of the stepdad just starts burning along mm-hmm. with the paper. Uh, so this is one where i wasn't necessarily feeling it that much early on but
1: the yeah. ending is fantastic <laughs> yeah definitely it's a, it's a little bit of like a, a slower um start uh and especially like it's you know you can't really call it fun I, I mean I guess none of the, what these stories are dealing with like you know aren't uh, none of them are fun but like um but yeah it, it is like a little brutal but then by the end it's so over the top and Cool and uh yeah i i really like this one I, I think especially as a kid i liked it just because it's like oh hey like the you know what the, the one of the main characters is a kid in it and and it likes to draw and stuff and uh and it, it's cool and, yeah it's like a very uh surprise ending like you don't really like they kind of hint at it earlier like he uh, hurts like a classmate that's kind of like a bully to him mm. um but yeah I, I think it's still like a little bit of a yeah you know, surprise when you see it coming and especially um and it feels like such a, uh, a departure for the, the dad who I think it's, uh, is it, is it David Allen Greer that plays him? I think, uh, oh, is, a, is the name I of that know. actor?
0: Uh, he's on uh, the cast
1: list. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think like, I mean, I don't know if, you know, if you know him that, that well, but like he, you know, is was mostly known for like doing like comedy stuff. Like, you know, he's in, in living color and like, uh, I think he was like, uh, that kind of like bumbling cop in Jumanji, uh, <laughs> and stuff. so. Sure um but yeah he's like kind of like an over-the-top comedic actor so it, it's kind of like jarring to see him like as this like really really like mean um you know abusive uh person like and especially like you know when he first like comes home and meets like the teacher and stuff like you it, it's it's not like he's even trying to put on like a you know like you know like sometimes like you know these abusive people like they'll try to you know like seem like Normal and friendly in person, and then you know, once the door closes, you know, that's when they're kind of flipped, uh, you know, switch gets flipped. But even like him, like right from the moment that he comes inside, you can just tell there's like this aura about him that he's just like so like angry and mean. Like, I think he even says something like, Oh, like, why didn't you come, like, uh, get me, like, uh, like open the door for me or something? Yeah, like, yeah. when I come in, it's like Jesus, um, but again, like the what's so great about it just is the uh, and again the appeal of this like tales from the crypt kind <clears> of <throat> uh easy comics formula is that th- you get this just dessert ending where you build up by having just these completely irrehensible you know vile characters and then um they just get you know just the most like you know grisly gruesome demise so yeah you know, once and- he's like just this pile of like person <laughs> it's very satisfying yeah, it's this toxic masculine
0: bullshit of like his attitude and his anger and, and all these things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a really fun ending. Uh, it kind of makes the whole story work and, you know, why yeah. I wasn't feeling it right away <laughs> kind of like became this wonderful thing at the end. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's story number two. Story number three is a KKK Kimuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not being subtle about what this is going to be about, yeah. to an extent. <laughs> it's about a politician who is running for I didn't actually catch what they were. Was
1: it mayor or was a councilman? Or uh, I didn't even catch what it was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't even know really if they say, but you can just tell, like, yeah. oh yeah, election coming up, guy. Yeah.
0: So and we see that he's doing this really
1: kind of like
0: you know conservative, polit- you know, it's a it's a you know campaign commercial. It's very re- conservative. It's uh, he's
1: he's really against um uh, affirmative action. Affirmative action. I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That was what came up, was like. You know, it it kind of really almost talks down about it. It says, aren't we trying to stop people, you know, like, you know, getting either hired or not hired based on their color or something, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, it's so funny because it's, again, like, very relevant today where it's like, oh, yeah, these are, like, the dumb... Talking points that like alt right people are always trying to make, where yeah. they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna flip uh, what you said around and like, hey, isn't it more racist that you're I, doing this?" And it's like, "Shut up."
0: Yeah, his commercial ends with the phrase that he's an original American, which is the most ridiculous Jesus. thing yeah. ever. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, for a start, uh, Native Americans are kind of the original Americans. Yeah. If, we're, if we're going to use that phrase to describe anyone, that's yeah. that's kind of the ones that it should apply to. Uh, but he's a former member of the KKK and that's known and has, has like, you know, campaign managers, like he's trying to present him as someone who, who has left that past behind and actually might become uh, a Senator. Cause he's like, Oh, you even have some black votes by the time I'm through with you. Kind yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> which, uh,
1: his campaign manager is a black uh, man. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it feels a little bit seedy uh, and he actually dies in kind of a freak accident, which, it's kind of introduced throughout the, the some of the protesters outside, um, but obviously it's worth mentioning this guy, the senator. His his language and how he talks about the protesters like immediately is like kind of like vile, and uh, yeah. it, it only gets worse as it goes on uh, throughout the story. Where um, you know it's very vile at the start, but he's avoiding that word. But then obviously by the end of the story, he's just mm-hmm. dropping that left and right. Um, mm-hmm. He. Uh, you know so we hear about this this was a plantation uh this house that he's living in he's moved into this so which is one of the, the things that everyone's kind of pissed about it's like not only were you in the kkk and uh, you're saying you've left your past behind but you you specifically <laughs> chose this place as your as your home base and there's a legend in this place that because of this massacre that happened uh where a lot of slaves were killed uh this uh woman made like all these dolls and all the dolls that kind of like each one got a soul of one of the slaves and uh there's this uh sort of you know it sounds a bit like a you know uh oh, what's the character from uh, like you know, crazy old ralph almost he's, he's kind of like oh, yeah, that almost in the 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 protest yelling oh they're going to get you the dolls are going to come and get you they're not going to be happy with you being there and what you're doing So that's ultimately what the story's building up to. I do think it sags a little bit in the middle. You know, after Mm. the the, the campaign manager (laughs) dies by falling down the stairs. Although, you can see a doll at the top of the stairs to sort of imply that, you know, the doll's kind of behind it. As as if the Mm -hmm. doll might have even tripped him, (laughs) bizarrely. (laughs) Uh, But he falls down the back of the stairs and dies. And, you know, it's a little bit, you know, post-funeral and stuff like that. But ultimately, the real fun of this story is when, like the big painting that's in, like, the main office of this woman and all the dolls around her, like, the doll that she's holding, like, it, it turns, like, just, like, uh, you know, as if it's been cut out the paint, it's just this mm-hmm. white silhouette, essentially, of where it was, and that doll is now running around, sort of, trying to get to him, and I was a little bit iffy on this story at this point, because it was just a lot of POV stuff of, like, oh, there's something, like, running around trying to find him, but to mm-hmm. its credit, there was a lot of fun stop-motion stuff once it started to reveal like, yeah. and and look at the dolls, because he kind of, like, kills this doll by, like, blasting it with a shotgun. But then when he goes back into the room with the painting, like, a, a, another three or four of them have been waited out. So there's now three or four after him. And he kind of, like, runs from them. He's able to... And then he eventually locks himself back in the office. But then the painting... All of the dolls are missing from the painting. So now there's, you know, tons of dolls uh, hunting them down. And, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of the... You know, what it is, right? It's, just, it's all these yeah. dolls coming after him. Uh, eventually... Uh, the ending is that they all essentially rip them apart and eat them, <laughs> all the dolls <laughs> and the ghost of the the woman who made the dolls is sort of like actually sitting in the chair she's like also left the mm. painting and is, is watching this happen um mm. but one, one of the, the the fun things is that the, the, the painting is kind of creepy and it's kind of like it she's always like judging like whoever's mm. in the room for what they're doing uh yeah which is a neat little touch
1: yeah no i, I like this one a, a lot too um well maybe not a lot but like I uh because I I do agree there maybe might be like some kind of like pacing problems in the beginning but then once it does kind of get going it's another like really fun one and um and yeah it is like a cool uh style that they go with um with the uh the dolls because yeah it is like stop motion like um yeah I I think you probably would have expected them to do like a you know like maybe like animatronic or something i don't know uh or mm. like actual puppets but yeah it, it does look more like a almost like yeah claymation stop motion uh, kind of stuff but I, again it has like a, a nice charm to it and yeah you know, makes it kind of like some fun cartoony kind of action stuff like it, in a way it almost feels like yeah like a bugs bunny cartoon or something where it's like you know like chasing these things around yeah like with a shotgun and stuff and like but you know can never really get the best of them and uh, and, and again, like another, yeah, like satisfying ending. Then by the end, once you just get that, you know, kind of last little, yeah, you know, part where where just all of these dolls now are, you know, out and like ready for blood. It's uh, again, <laughs> feels pretty satisfying.
0: No, it's it's you know, it's just not exactly subtle or needs that much analysis in terms of mm-hmm. the, you know, there's this awful person who is a KKK member who is mm-hmm. openly racist, repeatedly. Who is on a plantation and it's these you know the revenge of the the souls of these slaves like it all it all like you know it's just very kind of there what it's doing uh because when we go out of the last story here you know before we get to the, the obviously mm-hmm. the, the closure of the wrap-up and it's worth mm-hmm. mentioning that the the characters recognize the body that sets up the story they, they recognize the person lying in the coffin and basically uh the the story starts with uh, you know the the person who the subject here, the, the this gang member who kills a, like a rival gang member, and then three figures come out of the house and shoot him, and it, it hides their face enough that it's like really obvious that it's going to be the three people who are in the you know the wraparound. It's these three same gang members, mm-hmm. uh, but they they shoot him, and they run off when the police show up. Uh, it does reveal at the end that everything that takes place after this point is actually in this person's head as he's lying there dying on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that he really survives, this is all on his head, but mm-hmm. the impression we get is that he is actually arrested, he does survive, and he is taken uh, to prison, he's there for some time, and then this woman comes in and basically picks him for this experimental treatment to recondition him. Kind of, almost not quite Clockwork Orange style, but kind of, mm-hmm. you know, along those lines where We're going to try this thing. Uh, And notably, she puts him in a cell in her, like, you know, lab prison, wherever it is, uh, that's next (laughs) to this, uh, like, hardcore alt-right, you know, neo-Nazi who's got, you know, all the tattoos and all that. And ultimately, the conversation he has with him is he says that he actually likes uh, this gang member because uh, Crazy K is the character, I should say, just to make it easier to refer to him, is that Crazy K... Uh, he likes crazy K because crazy K has typically all the people he's murdered have all been black. You know, it's all been this like gang on gang violence stuff and all the people he's murdered have been black. So he's like, you know, I actually kind of like you, you you'll be spared in the, yeah. the, 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 the paradise that we're creating, blah, 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 because of who you've killed. And it kind of sets up the theme. And then the main part of the story though, is that he's taken into this like weird steampunk looking like lab experiment, where he's fed all these images again kind of clockwork orange style uh of like classic kkk like images and photographs and uh lynchings and things like that but interestingly and what makes this maybe one of the more poignant and like nuanced Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say subtle but certainly like Mm -hmm. a bit more challenging in terms of like the what it's posing to the audience is that it Mm -hmm. intercuts a lot of this kkk stuff with gang violence and like yeah. you know, ga- you know, uh, black people killing other black people, and kind of like this this odd which, comparison between yeah.
1: them, it, 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 which I'm assuming is like real, all like real footage. Um, yeah, that I was mean, the... I guess, I mean, I don't know if they say, it, but like, I mean, it looks like authentic, you know.
0: A, a lot of it. Does feel authentic? Um, I I don't know, like well, at least the KKK stuff is. I don't know about the gang stuff. Yeah. The gang stuff might just be stuff they've shot. Oh
1: oh oh, sure. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, some the, some of that stuff I. Um... Yeah, like like I, th- I think there's like one very obvious one where it's like this kind of car driving by in yeah. slow motion. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. but uh, sorry, no, I meant like more of the like the, the historical um, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah,
0: yeah. It, it looks real, which makes it kind of dark and like a lot more, you know, almost kind of like like you know, you're just watching a movie and then it hits you with this, and there's all this real violence. there's all this real stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of this, uh, and going along with what the the neo-Nazi was kind of getting at mm-hmm. is that. You know, you, you, you're you in this life cycle where you grew up in this, this sort of uh, gang world where you've become someone who kills other gang members and ultimately this is something that the people who are against you actually are quite happy for you to keep killing other people <laughs> of your own kind and it's kind of like shining a light on that and like wanting him to sort of reflect on what he's done in his life and what he's actually, you know, who he's killed, who he's hurt and what purpose that served and what traps he's fallen into by doing so um and you know there's a lot of stuff here where he sees like you know the, the dead people that he has killed you know those, those people that are old and young there's a kid at one point uh you know the oh, yeah. the, the scientist ladies kind of like you know basically saying these things to him and challenge him it's all very hallucinatory and kind yeah. of but it, it's very effective i thought um I, I i feel like i like this one quite a bit because it's the one that kind of is the most challenging and it's the, it's the one that's the mm-hmm. most it's like instead of trying to be a quirky story um because arguably the ending where it's like oh this is all in his head you know as he's dying <laughs> is maybe the weakest part of it i think um yeah so it's probably got the worst ending of the four stories but i think mm-hmm. i like kind of like what it's trying to say and what it's or at least what the questions that it's trying to raise is um about kind yeah. of uh the roles that a lot of young black men are kind of forced into and Mm. kind of the worlds they're forced to be a part of uh bec- because of circumstance because of lack of opportunities because of mm-hmm. uh, all, all the factors that go into that um and kind of how that actually almost helps you know things continue you know the cycle mm-hmm. continues i think that's one of the lines that the, the, the scientist lady says at one point is that the cycle has to end at some point mm-hmm. the cycle just has to end so um so i kind of like that the story is called hardcore con uh, convert uh, so i never said that to start of this one uh what's your feelings on this one tim
1: uh i mean honestly it's it's maybe my least favorite story uh like i, I don't think it's bad but yeah i, I don't know it's, like it you're definitely right where it is bringing up really interesting questions and um i don't know maybe, maybe it doesn't speak to me as much because it is maybe a little more like yeah serious and then like and, and again like you know showing like that, that kind of like historical like um stuff like i I don't know maybe it it feels a little out of place because it's maybe a bit more challenging or something but i don't know there's something about it just doesn't really work for me uh, as much um maybe it maybe it's because it's like bringing up a lot of like yeah very hard questions but then kind of seems to just kind of rush through it and then wrap it up real quick with a yeah kind of very unsatisfying ending uh because know there's definitely a lot that you can go in there i think especially you know the um like i like you know each um story you know kind of like tackles like you know different like sensitive uh subject and so i like um you know like uh police brutality and uh you know domestic abuse and um yeah like you know overly like you know racist uh you know corrupt politicians and stuff and then <clears throat> I, I feel like there's a lot you can go with um when talking about uh you know the, the prison population and uh you know like w- like the way we treat prisoners and then um yeah and then the idea of this kind of violence beginning violence and cycle and everything like there's a lot of interesting stuff there but just I don't know just maybe feels like a little like half cooked or maybe i just don't kind of like be the story with like i don't know the scientists and stuff because I, I feel like it does start to lose me like when it kind of gets to that <clears throat> part where they're doing like these weird like sci-fi experiments so i was
0: kind of i was kind to add that for how like yeah. <laughs> how, just how weird it felt i was kind of into yeah. the vibe it was giving me like,
1: there's like weird like i don't know if you notice like when they're in that like experiment room they're like these weird like kind of like leather clad like Mm -hmm. women in there or something like yeah it's it's
0: it's full-on kind of steampunk 90s weird french almost i Mm. what what i liked about it though is that unlike the other stories this one doesn't just give us a horrible character who gets comeuppance it technically happens but it's more the the horrible character is the main character, and he has you know he has quite a vile person who he's you know he's very aggressive he he you know he's very uh mm-hmm. you know like it's not until he he meets the neo nazi where there's even a moment's pause of like his thought process mm-hmm. and ultimately it's a really sad ending because he's you know he's he's confronted by essentially the ghosts of all the people that he's killed and he basically and I, tries to he tries to excuse what he's done because of his upbringing mm-hmm. and because of the opportunities that he's not had and all that but ultimately. He never asks for forgiveness. He never takes his mm-hmm. chance at redemption. He makes the choice that, no, I- I'm not apologizing for any of this shit. I've always been right. And, you know, he never, mm-hmm. he never, like, you know, <coughs> actually has atonement for anything. And that's when it transports back to just the street and he just lies there and dies. Like, that's, you know, mm-hmm. so he kind of gets come up in that way. But it's really sad because, unlike the other stories, it gives him the chance to kind of. Not right, he's wrong, because you can't take back what he's done, mm. but at least accept that he is a bad person uh, and yeah. he has done bad things and he doesn't take it. So it's a bit more nuance for me, which I kind of like. Mm.
1: Uh, no, so. yeah, no, there's definitely interesting stuff there. And I think that is, you know, probably the most effective part of it for me is when he is confronting, uh, you know, all the people, like especially, you know, like that little girl that was, yeah, killed by like a stray bullet, you know, that he fired and, um, yeah, and then like you're know, trying to see, you can tell it's like affecting him, but yeah, he is still like you said being very stubborn and like not willing to, yeah, still take uh blame even though it's like obviously, you know, very tough for him. Uh, so I I do like that part uh, for it, just I don't know, it just it doesn't really, uh, um, I don't know, work for me as I think, well, but I think it's still me, interesting though. I think for
0: me, what's really interesting about this is again, this is all coming from Black creators that. Oh, this yeah. this story is very much like a, a pers- from because if you think about this, keep in mind that this story is is, is coming from black creators because it, mm. I think this is kind of like a you know it's one it's obviously I mean obviously you look at the some of the other stories and you see, you've got these racist ass you know cops or politicians these these mm. these white characters obviously that's something that has to be fixed and dealt with and and all these things mm. I can't, what I like about this though is that this is this is a these are black creators addressing how elements of the black community also have to improve. And I think that's something mm. that again it can only be told from the perspective, you know, f- you know, from oh. the black community. Really that's something totally, that no yeah. one else can do. Um so I think it's really fascinating mm. to see this side of things and to sort of like get this exploration of it. Um mm. and you know try and decipher it and try and talk about it. And um you know it's obviously and if, you know if everyone feels that we've misinterpreted anything that's going on here, by all means in the comments. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> open a discussion. I'm more than happy totally, to hear yeah. hear about any of this. Um mm but uh so for me i actually this is the best of the stories because of all the things that broads at. Yeah. um you like the goofy stuff with the the effects and that's fine <laughs> you know what some of us some of us are like the simple stuff some of us like the fast foods <clears throat> but some of us are, are here for the meat and
1: this is the this is the meat. i don't know what i'm saying tim i get you you're making fun of me i get it (laughs) yes okay as long as you get that part as long as you got that part uh
0: so no that's that's hardcore convent and of course so it's like it reveals that the three characters who shot crazy k are these three characters Mm. and they get really pissed at the mortician they pull out their guns and like okay you'll give us the stuff that we're here for Mm. uh and then we'll probably kill you after he leads them to the the basement areas like these three coffins and notably i'm like okay there's three coffins i wonder what they're going to Mm. like. Clearly, there's a coffin for each person here. Uh, yeah. So they open the coffins, and it's they're already lying in the coffins, and they the realize that they're already dead, uh, which means that this mortuary isn't a real mortuary. It's more like an afterlife thing where mm. this is just how they discover that <coughs> they're that they're dead. Um, mm. This ba- basically, I mean, the sixth sense ripped it off is what I'm saying.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kidding. Then they, yeah, then like you know, you get the big reveal that the yeah mortician guy is like maybe not like the devil but some type of demon or devil and like uh they're in hell and I-, I do like this uh this reveal like you know again it does feel like very cheesy but it works and then like the... I, I,
0: yeah i think it has to be cheesy because the effects of like the world changing yeah. to hell look really cheap and it, it's, kind oh, of, yeah. it's kind of charming don't get me wrong it's, it's not like it's not off-putting to look at but it's very yeah. cheesy kind of like almost like star
1: trek 60s like level of effects where there's all this fake fire and they're they're in hell now they're all like i think they're all supposed to be on fire but like it looks like they're they're literally just kind of like flailing around like (laughs) and then they just add fire on top of them but um yeah in a weird way though it is kind of charming like for the time and the type of story <laughs> that they're doing
0: it's kind of it's a movie as a whole because i mean that's the ending we're basically done but well, yeah. i think the movie mm-hmm. as a whole what's kind of interesting is that it does mix some really political stuff a couple of really poignant mm-hmm. moments in the plots with a lot of cheesy tales from the crypt level of like sort of attitude and humor and like come up mm-hmm. in style revenge plots it's, it's kind of a weird mix you really get the feeling like you know the, the director like and the the creators really wanted to mm-hmm. like say a lot of the things they're saying but that you know clearly there's some fans of tales from the crypt here who really wanted to have that style and tone yeah. for a lot of it uh which makes it feel it, very personal it makes it feel like a really personal film overall
1: yeah that's why i think it's always um kind of a um like nice surprise like when when you revisit it because uh, uh, like if you if you've never seen it or know anything about it on the surface it does sound like yeah it is going to be something very cheesy you know um but then like once you do watch it uh, again like there's still like a lot of cheesiness there but there is this underlying um like kind of like you know message and, and point to a lot of it where uh oh yeah it is actually grappling with you know some pretty you know like big serious important issues and stuff which i yeah think makes it um uh, both a fun watch but then also kind of like an interesting you know uh movie to think about
0: yeah so no, it's well worth saying. if you like. If you like uh, yeah. anthology movies, uh, you like horror movies. Or if you, indeed you, you want something else, if you let's say you've seen Get Out, you've been mm-hmm. recommended Night the Living Dead and Candyman as other sort of prominent black horror films. Uh, yeah. Tales from the Hood is definitely a, a, a pretty interesting one to add to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And it won the vote by quite a wide margin, so clearly this was the one that was more interesting nice. <laughs> to our, our patrons at the very least for us to mm-hmm. do. So, no, uh, very uh, solid film. Um, i'm happy to say i was not left uh annoyed because so many of the films <laughs>
1: that our patrons make us watch i get to the end <laughs> of and i'm like oh, what was this uh so no uh also uh i also think it's like a really nice um you know a uh, nice one to pull out when you're talking about like uh 90s movies because you know it's such a uh a know, troublesome know, such
0: a, decade for horror <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but i do think there are like a you know gems here and there and this is definitely one that i always point to like um yeah, when you're talking about good '90s movies, like, oh no, this is a
0: on that you know, subject, bloody disgusting. Which is a pretty good website, and I, you know, I use it for the news mm-hmm. when we're, we do our horror movie news show. Um, mm-hmm. they've got a thing that they've been doing for a while now, where like a couple of times a week there'll be an article about like a, a movie from the '90s, and they've they've got like this tag at the end that says "We love '90s horror," and <laughs> so many of them are like defending movies that I think are just complete trash, and I, I just <laughs> <I'm>, like. <laughs> i get it i'm I'm
1: so happy you've got someone on staff who's enthusiastic about this crap but oh i don't even know i don't know i don't know uh i i want there to be kind of like a 90s renaissance like i like i want to believe that there is more good than bad but there is like a lot of bad mm,
0: we'll see we'll see when we eventually do our top <laughs> movies of the 90s time we'll see how that goes Ooh. but interesting uh, i'm not i'm not feeling optimistic at present time all right uh Alright, let's rate right the movie then. Tell me what you give in Tales from the Hood. Uh
1: I'm gonna give it a a solid uh I'm trying to decide between uh an eight and an eight point five, but I think I'll go like a, a solid eight for now. I think it's a really fun uh anthology movie. Again, um yeah, you know, I think each story is memorable, which uh yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's really, uh, you know, important, like with anthology movies, like you're saying, like most of the times there's usually like one dud or one that you always forget about. And uh, I think each one here stands out and has something different to say and um, and has like, you know, different kind like, uh, of you know, like, like, you know, like a different kind of like, you know, twist ending or, you know, what have you. Um, and, uh, no, it's, like, really satisfying and interesting, uh, to talk about, and, uh, yeah, there's a, and again, it's a one I've, you know, liked from my childhood, so I'm glad we finally got to do it, but, uh, yeah, very, very solid movie, uh, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed for the most part. Uh, I think I will... I think I'm just gonna go a slight nudge lower and go with 7.5, mm-hmm. and I think the reason for that is basically that i i kind of felt that almost all the stories for me a little bit sagged in the middle like almost all of them for me That's sagged fair. a little bit in the <laughs> middle uh with the exception of the last one maybe but the first three definitely did <laughs> but i will say this what's funny though is that i think maybe the you know the line there in the street at the ending of the last one mm-hmm. is probably the the only ending that i don't love but I, I think i like that story the most the other three what i'll say about them is they'll have great endings Every single one of them has a great Seriously. ending um so you know r- real points for that but yeah 7.5 i think it's got some really interesting things to say uh i love getting movies from different perspectives and it yep. feels like they're all in some way tied to its overall theme mm-hmm. so it feels like a really nice unified not just because it's got a wraparound but just thematically they all feel like they belong together as a set and yes despite the fact that they're very different stories so uh, I think that's a really, a strong feat for an anthology to pull off. Because some mm-hmm. of them, you, sometimes you watch an anthology movie and it's like, this is just like six short films they found randomly mm-hmm. and slapped together.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. Like, it does uh, feel very, like, cohesive. Like, everything, um, yeah, it, like, is important and has a, you know, part to play in it. Um, I will also mention, because I, I don't know if everyone realizes this, because I don't think it was, like, a huge uh thing but they did Mm -hmm. make a sequel a a couple of years ago and it was like straight to netflix and uh i definitely not as good as this one but i i still do enjoy Mm. it like it's um it's obviously working like with a you know much lower budget there's not as much um well they're they're doing a third one tim so yeah i i heard about that so i'm uh i'll definitely check it out the but i do think if you if you like this movie um i i would definitely check out the sequel um sure We'll probably do it at some point. We have a million movies to do, but like, at uh, some uh, point, <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I, I would say people should check it out. But I mean, m- maybe lower your expectations a little bit because it is, it, it feels very much like a you know, straight to Netflix kind of movie. Uh, but it's uh, still good. I, I liked it, yeah. So, there you
0: go. That is uh, Tales from the Hood. Uh, so if you made it this far in the review on youtube you, you can put the in the comments you can put the word Hmm. hmm. <laughs> i love an obvious one for this one actually uh i don't know uh it is a, it is a bit tough <laughs> pa- paper monster i guess yeah sure. paper monster <laughs> there you go um so no there you go uh right so uh, i'll make tim pause for the thumbnail uh first and foremost so uh i'll count down to three two one and say pose. three two one pause real thinking man tim yes very good uh so <laughs> there we go all right so i actually didn't thank our patreon producers in the middle uh because the the spoiler like because usually i'll do it when we go to spoilers because that's usually like you know maybe if not halfway it's close enough to halfway that it's you know we'll do Uh, but because that was so early I didn't do it at the time so allow me to thank our Patreon producers of Alison M Fordyce Tyler Hess Mm -hmm. Cindy Palacios David Shaw Board Now Zammer Jammer Al Tribesman Christopher Moy and Brett Williams they are all Patreon producers which means they are $20 and not patrons Mm -hmm. but you of course can support everything we do here for as little as $1 per month obviously I said at the start of the review that liking on YouTube is a big way it supports as is rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever give us 5 stars blah 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 more people will find us that way but if you want to support us financially on Patreon, $1 per month will get you access to an exclusive extra episode every single month. And there's like 20 or so already in the tank. So there's a whole back catalogue to explore if you do that. Um, at the $5 tier, you get to vote on an episode once per month, like this one was. And you also get to get access to the episodes of the early. So if, you want, if you're interested in keeping all the content coming and supporting us that way and getting some bonuses, uh, go to patreon.com slash and you can support us over there. So go we'll do that. Uh, otherwise, guys on twitter at screams midnight for shenanigans and updates and whatever else uh and you know asking questions and things like that if she, if you so wish um but otherwise that is pretty much us so hopefully you've enjoyed this discussion thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and we'll see you next time